Hello, and welcome once again to another episode of Grumpy Old Gay Men and Their Dogs. Today is June, I'm June. Today is November 9th, 2021. See, I'm away for a week and I lose total track of time. Get a calendar. Yes, November 9th, 2021 is the 313th day of the year. My name is Patrick Finn, and I'm sitting here, as usual, with Tommy Gibbons. Hey, bitches! And how are you, Thomas? I'm good. You're the only person who calls me Thomas, except my sister. Oh. And you do it only when we do this. Really? Call me Thomas. I, I call you on other occasions. You might. I might. You might. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing and good. the show, though, are we going to cover this? Am I yes, yes. We can only? talk about that, definitely, because that's why we were away for the week. Tell me why we were away for the week. Because I, I was in what they left call... alone on a Tuesday evening. I know, you poor thing. You. I'm sure you had nothing to do with I yourself. felt like the ugly girl in the corner of the junior high school dance. Nobody <laughs> asked me to dance with them. Oh. It was, it was sad. Go ahead. Tell your story. We'll have a happiness and joy. Yes, but no, I was in what they call tech week. For the show that I was directing called The Violet Hour down at South Shore Theater in uh, Lindenhurst. That's Lindenhurst over there. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We, had our, we had our opening weekend this past weekend, but we had a whole week of the technical rehearsals. And Which is when it all week. comes together and all the elements assemble for the first time and uh, it did. during the course of the Although week. Although during Monday and Tuesday, I between those two days, I had about... Monday and Tuesday, you had, I had about six. An, I had about six anxiety attacks. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, the tech week is supposed to take a week, and it's when you add the lights and the sound and the props and the costumes and the whole thing and everybody shush, 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 yeah. and be quiet and be good. And uh, Monday's always a disaster. The first day is always a go, who's not there, who's not ready, who can't be ready here. Um, yeah, it's a stressful time. Yeah, it's but stressful from time. Monday to Thursday, which is the four days we have before opening, it's like, what a difference. Totally different show. You see, it's totally, totally different from what you yeah. see on Monday. You know what I think that has a lot to do with the repetitiveness of the rehearsals? Yes. I think that's the whole thing. Cause... Yeah. That's what, each time you're doing it, you, you should be able to find something new, something that you can add to your performance. Or you know? learn the fucking lines. Or learn the lines, too. That would help, too. Yeah. And that was, that was a, I think, a bit of a problem in the beginning, but by the end of this cast I have, I got blessed with a talented, fantastic cast. Well, you're lucky. Good for you. I'm glad it was good. I really... I was, yeah, I could not have been happier about the show. Violet Hour could not have been Yep. South Shore Theater Experience. And what building is that in? Is that Baca? That, no, 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 no. That's a, that's a different place. No, okay. no, this is on South Wellwood Avenue. Okay. Just a couple of doors down from studio. Yes, exactly. So then Baca is further north yet? That's correct. Okay. Yep. Because I know there's three theaters in a block and a half. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but by the time this podcast gets out, we'll have two performances left on Friday and Saturday. Go see it, The Violet Hour, on going Thursday. Yeah, he's coming Thursday, that's Thursday right. Thursday night, that's right. So that was what my week was like. That's I was just busy doing the show, and it was a great experience. I just lo- I love Tech Week. Good. I, I like Tech Week, too. I, I like Tech Week. I don't like stress at Tech Week. I will not have it. No. And I, I didn't, thankfully, I didn't have much stress. Yeah. The theater gave me everything I could have asked for. There you go. Which is, you know, you can't ask for more than that. Or you <laughs> learn how to work within the limits of what you got. That, too. Remain flexible. You have to. Comment you have to. Because there, there is, there, I could throw a fit. And still not get that light down right where I wanted it. But I can't. There's nothing I can do whether no. or not they, whether or not the building can't support it, or we can't go there because of this, or the or the guy don't want to do it. There's nothing. I, so I'm always going to have those. I'm not going to always. But are always. they worth fighting over and making a big is, deal out of it? No, you it's move exactly, on. It's, it's what you just said is it's like the 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 best training for choosing which battles to die for. Yeah. Pick your battles. Yeah. Pick, pick your battles. Pick your battles. You know what? I And on Monday, Tuesday, I know it's going to sound like shit. Got to let the sound guy, got to give him a minute. Yeah. 
As soon as somebody feeds back, you can't jump on the guy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Where are we? I know well, I'm sure very We'll far. move on. Well, I know we got caught up. I'm talking about theater. We'll come back to we Well, we that's theater. what we do. We love theater. But we have new listeners no, we from don't. around the world. We have listeners now in Indonesia. Indonesia. Yeah, Indonesia. Can you believe it? Which is no. predominantly Muslim country also. Yeah. But yeah, we have listeners in Indonesia. Wow, and good for have, you guys. And we have listeners in Russia. That doesn't surprise me as much as any and all of the sort of Asian, sub-Asian... Okay, well, it's like yeah. Indonesia. Indonesia, <laughs> India, you know, that, 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 you know, give me an Iranian on a hilltop. You know right. what I'm saying? But uh, Russia doesn't surprise me so much. Uh, I'm thrilled. That's awesome. Oh, Russia. I'm definitely thrilled about the more you know, the merrier I see. There has always been great porn that's come out of Russia. <laughs> and I wanted to pause on either side of that so he could cut it. <laughs> Moving on, though. Please. As you know, you know, we have our Facebook page and we're we on Twitter. Do. We have a Twitter. So that people can communicate to us. And nobody has. Well, on, on the Facebook page, I had to put up an automated message. Because okay. I was getting all these messages from, obviously, older single gay oh, men this. Yeah. who were looking to chat, and we're not that kind of a situation. We're not I mean, a chat group. We're that's not, not what we're doing. We're a podcast. Ain't no video. Right, yeah. So <laughs> We are both fully dressed. Right. At all times. So I on the messages, when someone would write in, an automated message would come up saying, Hi, thanks for writing to Grumpy Old Gay Man, their dogs. Please be advised we are not a chat site. We are a podcast. Okay. If you have questions, please submit it, and we'll respond to you as soon as you can. And the only people who have responded to that are either old or are, are either looking for dates and or bots. Right. Okay. Yeah, so no serious bots too, but to yeah. But this past week, I got a message. From where? Um, the man was from Kenya. Oh. And it was just a very Jesus. short message saying, uh, you know, basically, please help me. I have no support. I am a gay man in Kenya. People are not respecting me down here. I imagine that. So, I what did you know, the email say? What? Do you have the email? Uh, it's probably, can I have to go look it? for it. I have to go look for it. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Yes, here it is. I'm sorry. He first wrote, I need you help, friends. Uh, and I wrote back, how can we help you? And he said, I need support from you guys. I'm in Kenya, and people are rejecting me. So what I ended up doing is I went online, I typed in LGBT Kenya, and I found these two organizations that are based there. Uh, one with, I can't pronounce them. I can try to spell them. It's www.uhai, capital, that's U-H-A-I-E-A-S-H-R-I.org. And then his other site was www.ishtarmsm.org. But these are two LGBT organizations that are based in Kenya. So I sent that to him. He just wrote back, okay, thank you. I appreciate. So I'm assuming that's legit and that this really? person needed help. I don't know. Why? Because he had to think that he said that he wrote back, I appreciate. Okay, thank you. Usually, once they see that automated message, we don't hear any more from these people. This All is the first time this guy like said, "I need your help," and then he continued to say, "I need your help." And you referred him to agencies nearby to him. Well, I'm assuming they're nearby. Well, him, that they're based in Kenya. They're in the same you know? continent. Yeah, well, the same country. Uh, assuming, exactly. right? Okay, so and it could be massive. I think China is big. 
And not only that, but we don't know what, you know, we don't know what the internet access is there, too. So he may not even, he may not even knew these organizations existed. I, ha I have to you know? admit, I have a very first world impression of what Kenya must be. Yeah. And I have nobody to blame for that but myself. Of but course. That's the way it is. Of course. Uh, so I imagine it must be very difficult for a Kenyan man to find support as a gay man. Yeah. In what I, in my head, has see as a very still tribal culture. Yeah. I, I don't know. wrong. It may be the teeming metropolis of Africa. I don't know. Either way, I'm glad that I, we hopefully were able to help someone. Uh, you know? Well, we'll always be able to help. You know, if, if people need help, we'll do what we can. We yeah. ain't got no money. No, that we can't. You know, of course we have no money. We have just... no money. <laughs> Go ahead. Anyway, and tonight's episode marks our 10th episode. 10. 10th episode. What's the body count? Uh, we are now at 482 downloads. 482 people. Right? All right. Yeah. All right. That's not bad. I'm very happy about that. Uh, are you kidding me? happy. I'm very happy that people are like going back and listening to earlier episodes still. Yes. Yeah, some of them are pretty rough. Right? <laughs> we weren't the polished professionals that we are. Oh, God, yes. Please. <laughs> We now move on to our first segment of the evening. First segment. Which is Heavy Petting. Heavy. And this is the dogs. Yes. What do we got? Tonight is Let Sleeping Dogs Lie. Interesting. Talking about dogs and their sleeping. Did you know dogs on average sleep about 12 hours a day? I don't know. I sleep 16, so <laughs> I'm usually awake when they are. Where does your dog sleep? It's odd. It's odd. It's, yes, the situation is odd. He has, for the past four or five nights, been sleeping on the bed with me. Hmm. Not in the bed, because I don't always get under the covers. Okay. On the bed, you know. I think if, if, if I had, if I would be under the covers, I think he would leave more readily, because I toss and turn, so I pull. Okay. I would pull the covers out from underneath yeah. him. I would keep him awake. But recently, he's been sleeping in bed with me, which is weird. Usually, he sleeps either underneath my bed. Okay. There's a corner that he... That's his corner. Um, that's where he runs. Who did this? Yeah. Look, I, uh, right. that's that's where he, That's his place. Uh, that's where he chews. That's where he takes everything he's stolen. That's where, if I try to go in there and get him out, he growls at me. So, I go in there with a... A little trepidation, but I get that bitch out. You ain't growling at me, bitch. Who do you think? And the meantime, I'm going, dum, 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 my heart's beating. This, one, this motherfucker's going to bite me. Right? This is where he bites me. Oh, my God. Yeah. But he's been, he sleeps close to me. Okay. He wants to be close to me. He doesn't want to always be on me, with me. Near. He, wa he wants to be with, he wants to hear me. Okay. And if I get up, he wants to know about it. But near me, that's all where he time. sleeps. Okay. Pretty much all the time, yeah. See, like, when we first got Abigail, we figured, you know what, we don't want her up on the bed. You know, going to have her down sleeping in the bed. We bought the bed and everything. We set it up in the bedroom. And she'd come in, and she would be up in the bed. We're like, no, no, you got to go into the bed. And she'd be put her in the bed. She'd be there in a minute, and she'd be up on the Right bed. back up. And after a while, we we just gave up. And okay. Like, there's, you know, there's nothing, we're not going to win on this. That's the thing with small dogs. I find myself giving in more to this little fucker. This little Napoleonic motherfucker um, who manipulates the shit out of me. And I know it's wrong. I totally know it. I totally know it's my mistake. We, I, just, I like, totally we gave in. We just surrendered to it. You well, know? as far as sleeping for the first at least couple of months, he slept in a, in his cage. That was go to bed. Well, yeah. When we first had her here, when we, we would try to have her in her cage most of the time and stuff until she hurt herself getting trying to get out of the cage and we stopped. Yeah. And even then, she didn't, like, really sleep in the cage that often, you know? It was always 
during the day, be like on the couch or whatever. Right, right, or, right. So I hear with us. Find a good sunny spot. Yep. No, she's not so much in the one that got to lay in the sun. No? No, no, she's not. She doesn't really look, look for that. Considering she's got all the skin issues. Yeah, I, I think I she, she likes it. She actually likes it cool. Like this weather, the fall weather, she loves this weather. Yeah. She. I don't think she likes the hot sun on her. Have you ever observed Louis dreaming? No. Really? You've no. never seen your dog dream at all? No. I know exactly what you mean. Okay. I can't say Abigail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some dreams, it's just like, one pool start going. Yeah, I can honestly say you that. You know? And then other dreams, she's running because both paws are going. <laughs> There's a meme video of a, I think it's a golden, who's asleep. Yes, I've, it's, yes, I've right seen that. Right into the fucking wall of down yes. It's horrible. It makes me a terrible, you know, carbon-based person, but I love that video. When that dog knocks himself out after waking up like that, and it was so scary, because blah, blah, blah. I know, right? You're asleep, and all of a sudden, you're out cold. It's like, you, you gotta wonder, what are there dreams similar to human dreams, as far as how we, the brain processes them and stuff? I know? can't imagine they are. I know, right? And it's I, like, how does a dog process a dream? I, Do they think it's real? Like, well, we think a dream is real, too, when it's happening. I look forward to the dreams. I, I'm a, a shrink wanted me to cool down a little bit on one of the drugs, because... I think you're dreaming. Your dreams are too intense. I was like, oh, wow. they're my joy, my pleasure. I live my life. Dangerous, scary, fun, sexual, whatever. In those dreams, don't <laughs> don't you dare. She didn't. <laughs> oh, good. So, yeah. Anyway, that concludes our segment of heavy petting. And, <laughs> and evidently my psychiatric history. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that for another segment. We're going to need a different podcast. <laughs> We now move on to your favorite segment, Thomas. I'm going to choke on this marijuana. <laughs> Who is it this week? Yes, it's today's birthdays, Thomas. Then we should need bells. <laughs> yeah, bells. We, should, we need bells. Bells are loud and annoying. about that, you know? Yeah, I talked to him about something else. Anyway, our first That's birthday. I have a scar over here. <laughs> our first birthday definitely means dead. Yes. He Probably was, female? No, male this male, one. Male, okay. He was it, born November 9th, 1853. 1853. Go ahead. He was an architect. Best known for designing the Washington Square Arch. Oh. He yeah, also uh, designed the golf club house at the Shinnecock Hills Golf Course in Southampton. Okay. Sounds important. He was married to Bessie Spring Smith. Of the Smithtown Smiths. Oh. The ones who founded Smithtown. That They've been area. here for a long time. Yes. So he was married to a prominent family. He was also known as a notorious womanizer with a strong inclination for underage girls. Oh, that's bad. And he was a member of an underground sex circle. Oh, this is bad. Which was comprised of other members of New York society. Oh. That engaged in orgies at secret locations. Ooh. Well, they had all the houses. Right. Well, this all came out... As a result of his murder. Oh! Is this the guy in Ragtime? Yes, it is the guy in Ragtime. We are talking about the architect Stanford White. Yeah, his wife is on a swing. It, well, it wasn't his wife. It was someone his else's mistress. wife. His mistress. That was his mistress, right? Yes, he was... Um, oh, yeah, I heard He about began him. a relationship when he was 48 years old with 16-year-old artist model Evelyn Nesbitt. Evelyn Nesbitt. And, um, they had a whole scene in the show. According to her testimony at the trial, he date-raped her, <gasps> and she was a virgin, but he basically drugged her champagne. How old was she? Uh, 16. Not what year? This was in, uh, 
I guess 1901. Yeah, about 1901. 1901. So she didn't have any fucking chance. She had no chance. She had no choice. She then married. She was how old? 16? 16 years old. I got to say. Go ahead. In 1905, she married Harry K. Thor. I'm sorry. Her husband, Harry Thor, who ended up murdering Stanford White. Uh, And this guy was already considered mentally unstable. Was he a boxer? No, he was not a boxer. He was this... I'm thinking the wild party. No, no, it's a different story. Different story. Well, anyway, everyone knew all this stuff about White. White. Uh, but it was never like spoken about because you just did. You didn't do that company, company and stuff. You know, you and know. he knew about her prior, his prior, really, his prior, prior relationship with Evelyn Nesbitt. Everybody knew, nobody said. So in this one night, nineteen oh six, Thor saw Thor was at dinner with his wife at his restaurant near Madison Square Garden. Nesbitt, and yeah, for this wild wife Nesbitt, and saw Sanford White there. Oh, which I guess triggered something because. Well. They left the restaurant, then later on at the rooftop theater at Madison Square Garden for then shot Stanford White. Oh my God, we should do a shooting in the theater. (laughs) A shooting? Because we haven't seen enough of those. Something about bad drama just brings it out. (laughs) Oh wow, that's a hell of a story. Right? So tell me, hold on. And he's now buried in St. James out here on Long Island. Uh, Lanford, Stanford White. Stanford, Stanford White. Stanford yeah. White is buried out here in, in St. James. In St. James, which is just on the other side of Smithtown. Right? Yeah. Yeah. A little. I like, I like the ties of local history here. Yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, yeah. So, happy birthday, Stanford happy White. Happy birthday, Stanford Dirty old White. fucking man. I'll tell you what, you don't look so good when it comes to ragtime. They, they, they do you dirty, but it sounds like you deserved it. Yeah, because it, they could have gotten into all this other stuff about yeah, the underage girls, you know? Is, yeah. Well, but I, think, it's, I think it's pretty clearly understood that Evelyn Nesbitt was an underage girl. Yeah. I, yeah, I think in the, well, in the musical, I think it's pretty yeah, clear. Yeah, yeah. I think the movie... The movie, not so much, because the actress doesn't look like she's 16 years I old. I didn't see you know? the movie. Okay, the movie's good. It's okay. It's good. It's good adaptation. It wasn't written by Flattery and Aaron, so... Uh, <laughs> James Cagney was in the movie. Oh, that's oh, that's a long time ago. Yeah, long time ago. I think it was, that was his last movie, actually. Wow. And he was great in it. Wow. <laughs> he was great. He was great. Cagney was fucking right? awesome. Yep. Song and Dance Man, too. Kick your ass and tap dance after it. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we Kill now move on to our... time step. We now move on to Shuffle our... Shuffleboard change, motherfucker. Badass tap dancer Jimmy Cagney, ugliest sin. Yeah, I'm sorry. We try to move on to our next birthday. Oh, God, we're still on birthdays. She... She... Was born November 9th, 1914. 1914. Her name was Hedvig Ava Maria Kiesler. She was born in Vienna. She started working in films when she was 16 years old. Her first lead role... And this is in Europe, of course. Her first lead role was at the age of 18 in a 1933 film called Ecstasy. Is which it Garbo? Was not, what? Is it Garbo? No, it's not Garbo, but you're on, the right, you're on the right track. Uh, this movie was notorious for showing the actress's face in the throes of orgasm, oh, as well as having alone. some brief nude scenes. Oh, God. I, I, uh, Jesus. In 1933, she married Friedrich Mandy. An Austrian arms yeah. merchant and manufacturer yeah, with ties to Mussolini up. and Hitler. He actually the was very controlling and stopped her from pursuing a film career. She claimed that she was a prisoner in their castle home. But through him and his businesses, she became interested in the field of applied science. What the fuck does that mean? It's basically applying the principles of science and making practical use out of them. So that's like inventions. Science. 
inventions. Medicine. In, 19, in 1937, she f- left her husband. Flying to the moon. She it's arrived in London. And, and I think, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. Yes, you are. Because this is a, okay, applied science. Come up later, please. Yeah, please. So <laughs> applied science is yes. the use of science. Mm-hmm. It's taking science and using it. And making more practical use of scientific principles. Which is, to me, science. Like, earth science. It's but fucking all earth science. What I'm science. saying, pragmatic, I'm saying making it available for use for all, for everyday people. So, and not just a principle that you're doing in a science experiment. It's somewhere. not some nerds up in Yale in, in lab. No, we're talking about doing things that would actually be used, you know? Uh, all right, so it's like, is it, is it, all right. Okay. That's I, what it generally means. Okay, applied But science. it's it's we're talking about inventions. Inventions. That's what it's really. What did they invent? Right. Well, we'll get to that. Uh you still haven't gotten her name yet. Anyway, 1937, she I, arri- I could see her. She arrived in London. She met Louis B. Mayer. After haggling, she convinced him to hire her for five hundred dollars per week. I'm stuck on the words Nora Desmond. And he suggested the name change to what her film name is. Okay. Her first American film was 1938's Algiers, opposite Charles oh, Boyer. She was later typecast in other films as a glamorous seductress of exotic yeah, origin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her last <laughs> film was in 1958. She grew bored with these roles, and then she's this. Up, hold on, I want to be alone, or is I want nope, to be alone? That's Greta Garbo. Garbo. That's Greta Garbo. All right. She briefly, the Marlena Dietrich. No, it's not Marlena Dietrich. Okay, then I have no idea. Because I'm stuck on Marlena Dietrich. listening. She briefly dated Howard Hughes, who, who supported didn't. her hobby of inventing, and basically made his scientists and engineers available to make anything that she wanted to have made. Oh, okay. I like the fact that he had scientists and engineers yeah. at his disposal. That's kind of hot. Very. Yeah, go ahead. During World War II, she learned that radio-controlled torpedoes could be easily jammed or set off course. And she thought of developing a frequency-jumping signal that could not be jammed. So she contacted her composer friend and pianist, George Antheo, and he was able to synchronize a player piano mechanism with radio signals. And they patented, patented this design in 1942. They weren't able to use it in the war because it was expensive to make, but an updated version of it later appeared in Navy ships by 1962. She was then Is later it radar. Uh, no, what it does. So they're saying like these radio-controlled torpedoes, the frequency could be jammed. Okay. She created a device that would prevent it. them. No, that would prevent them from, from being, being jammed. jammed. Okay. And for that, she was inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame. Okay. She was married six times, had three children. I. You have no idea who you're talking now about. Now you're going to. Go ahead. Last and final clue. In 1974, she sued Mel Brooks and Warner Brothers, saying the running joke of her name in Blazing Saddles violated her right to privacy. They settled for an undisclosed sum, and the studio apologized for almost using her name. Wait. Have you figured it out yet? No. Wait. Don't help me for a second. I'm not going to. Mel Brooks. Yes. Young Frankenstein. No. Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles. They used her name. It was, was it the character that Madeline Kahn played? Nope. They used, who the, oh, was, oh, isn't there an old lady who's. Nope. Um, oh, no, that's the Madeline Kahn character. I don't know. Harvey Corman. 
Harvey Corman, uh, Cross Leitzman is that Cross Leitzman too young? Harvey Corman, he played the mayor's henchman or assistant. Hedy Lamar, yes. Hedy Lamar's birthday was that's today. That was today. Hedy Lamar. But Hedley the movie, Lamar. of course, he was called Headley Lamar. Head, head, it's Headley. And that was the running joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which she okay. sued about. All right. So she sued over that? Yep. How old was she when that happened? That was in 1974, so she was 60 Six. years old at that point. 60? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She uh, retired in 1981 to Florida and basically lived in total seclusion. Okay, she retired. She was known for having, having like six or seven hour long phone conversations. But All right. She lived in seclusion. She died in the year 2000 at the age of 85 of heart failure. Good for her. After she died, her ashes were spread in the Vienna Woods. Nice. Right? The Vienna Woods is a beautiful place, Yes, I it imagine. is. Yes, it is. Maybe I'll have my ashes scattered, scattered, scattered there. So, with, with Hetty. Hedley. <laughs> so, happy birthday, Hetty Lamar. Happy birthday, Hedley. We now move on to our next birthday. He only said next. She was born November 9th. 1922. She was born in Ohio. She began performing as a singer with her sister at a young age. Sister? Her sister. One sister. Her first film appearance was an uncredited appearance in a 1935 Our Gang comedy. Oh, God. Her first credited film role was in the 1940 film Four Shall Die. Don't know. She often turned down stereotypical black roles like maids. And she usually played a singer in these other films. Okay. Her first starring role was in 1953's Bright Road, opposite Harry Belafonte. Don't know. Uh, later on, she was nominated. Is this Dorothy? Dorothy who? Dorothy Dandridge. Dorothy Dandridge is correct. <laughs> Unless it's Dorothy Gale, it's Dorothy Dandridge. <laughs> Yes, it is. It's her birthday today? Yes, it is. All right, so give me the basics. How old? Well, first, uh, she was uh, born in 1922. So, so she's dead. So she'd be 91, uh, 99 if she was still alive. Is she alive? No, she's dead. Okay. She, she died in 65. Oh, that was before I was born. Really? Yeah. Wow. You were born. I was born. You were what? Junior high? Uh, fuck you. <laughs> Anyway, she is the first African-American film star to be nominated for the Academy Award for Best Actress for a performance in the 1954 film Carmen Jones. Carmen Jones. She was also nominated in 1959 for a Golden Globe for Porgy and Bess. Porgy and Bess is where I was going. Anyway, in the 1950s, she appeared in nightclubs in California, New York, and Europe. Oh, this is a a fact I didn't know. In Carmen Jones, her voice was dubbed for the singing parts. Because producers wanted a more operatic sound. That's so something who, I didn't know before. Who'd they use? I don't know. I don't know whose voice it was. Why'd they hire her in the first place? Well, she was stunning. Yeah, and it's Carmen Jones. I mean, it's the African-American African version American. of Carmen. Yeah, you know? of course. Um, yeah. But this seems a waste. You didn't use her as the same. But I guess that's what they wanted. Okay. She was the first African-American woman to appear on the cover of Life magazine in wow. November 1954. In April of 55, she became the first African-American performer to open up the Empire Room in the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. Wow. She, she opened ma- that room? Mm-hmm. She opened that room. Well, she didn't open open. She began the she became the first African-American to open it at the Empire at Room. The- yeah. Okay. She was married and divorced twice, and she had a daughter in 1943. Huh. Where'd that go? Well, this is where the tragedy comes in. Oh, yeah. This was, I think this was with her first husband, too. She had gone to labor, and she was at her sister-in-law's home. 
but there was no motor vehicle, and her husband was out golfing. So it was delayed getting her to the hospital, and I guess there were some complications. So they used forceps in the delivery of the child, which caused brain damage, and which and the child then required basically twenty four seven medical care. Okay, surrendered to the state. Uh, well, listen, I, mean, I guess she had her in private care because we'll tell you what happened next. After her second marriage and second divorce in 1962, she discovered that her financial advisors had swindled her out of $150,000 and that she owed back taxes of $139,000. Oh, poor darling. She was forced to sell her home. She had to place her daughter in a state mental institution. She moved into a small apartment in West Hollywood. She had to file for bankruptcy. She then started making nightclub appearances to pay off her debts. And she even signed a contract to make a film in Mexico. And if you're making a film, you know, there are low-budget affairs. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Her death was somewhat odd also. She died on September 8th, 8, 1965. That was before I was born. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, we were established that. What were you, in middle school? Uh, fuck you. <laughs> anyway, what had happened, I guess, the night before, she was on the phone with her former sister-in-law and friend, and she was scheduled to go fly to New York the next day to prepare for a nightclub appearance. Okay. According to her former sister-in-law, during the conversation, she said Dandridge veered from being hopeful about the future to then singing the entirety of Barbara Streisand's People. Oh. To then making this cryptic remark before she hung up, she said, whatever happens, I know you will understand. Uh-oh. And she was found dead the next day. Where? Uh, in her apartment, I think in bed. Uh, Los Angeles Pathology Institute said the cause of death was an accidental overdose of the antidepressant amipramine. The L.A. County Coroner's Office said that she died of a fat embolism resulting from a right foot fracture sustained five days earlier. Huh. Right? Two different, that's weird, two different diagnoses. Huh. Uh, she only made about 38 films. She only recorded one full-length album in 1958, that wasn't released until 1999. Wow. Um, well, after the movie. After what movie? Well, yeah, the movie, I almost I guess it coincided, because I was on Halle Berry played her yeah, in, the, yeah. in the HBO film, for which she won the Emmy, the Golden Globe, and the Screen Actors Guild Award. Yeah, they threw everything at Halle Berry. Right? Berry's. Yeah. She was great. Now, she was awesome. seeing that movie. Was, she was yeah, I would not have known about Dorothy Dandridge with, with, I didn't really know movie. much about her without that no. movie. I, I and you just told me more. What a tragedy. What's that? What a tragedy there. What was. a tragic life, right? What a way to go. Just horrible. Just horrible. We now move on to this day in history. Have we done a thing about the dogs yet? Yes, that okay. was a while ago. We did this, heavy petting. This day in history. Yes. Oh, go ahead. This is a sad occasion. Oh. It occurred on, well, it began on November 9th, 1938, and ended on the next, sometime the next day, known as Kristallnacht, or the Night of Broken Glass. Oh, I've heard about this. This was the beginning of, like, Nazism, World War II. It was basically the prelude to the Holocaust. This was, this was in Cabaret. Um. This event. The brick come through the window of the... Yeah, I guess you could say it alludes to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely an allusion to that. But what it was, it was a basic, it was a pogrom that was carried out by the Nazi Party's paramilitary forces and civilians. The pretext for the attack was the November 7th assassination of German diplomat Ernst von Roth uh, at the German embassy in Paris by a 17-year-old German-born Polish Jew named Herschel Grinspan, who was uh, illegally living in Paris. He did this in pro- supposedly in protest of his parents 
who were Polish Jews, being expelled from Germany back to Poland. Afterwards, that's a mistake. Well, that's what that's the pretext that they use for it. The Nazis were basically looking for an excuse to do this pogrom. When this happened, this was the excuse they used. Had they let that kid, had that kid let them move his parents back to fucking Poland, they well, no, probably not. Well, something I learned in two thousand one, a German historian who's like considered like the ultimate authority on Kristallnacht claimed that the shooting was a result of a brief love affair between these two men. I think Kristallnacht would be a good drag name. No, it would not. Kristallnacht? Yeah, that's not going to go over too well with many Jewish people or people with otherwise good sensitivity. You wouldn't make a, a drag name out of a name out of an event like okay. this. Okay, okay. Are Get you kidding me? me? Jesus. All right, okay. What are you going to try? What's going to be next? Holocaust? No, you, I you see the point. Yeah, I get the joke. You get it, uh, and it's I not appreciate a joke. both. <laughs> it's not a joke. I, I see it. But anyway, supposedly these two. And this was based on a lot of research that this guy did. They met in a gay bar in the autumn of 1938. Okay, who are we talking about? Uh, these, the guy who killed the German diplomat. All right, and he met this guy in the bar, and um, the diplomat had promised to get him papers so he could live legally in Paris, but he never did. They fucked. And I guess the diplomat reneged, so he the, so the Polish revenge. Jew then got revenge on him. So after this happened, it, the Nazis, of course, took full advantage of this. So the gays are to blame for Nazis? Well, no, you're going to cut that. They blame, the, they blame the Jews for this. But well, see, at the time when this happened, no one knew about this affair, or if they did, they was, it was suppressed. There was no gay. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, a Jew did it. That yeah, was yeah, all yeah, they yeah, cared yeah. about. I get, you it, know? I get it, I get it, I get it. So then, uh, basically, Goebbels at the time was giving a speech, because was, on November 9th was the anniversary of the Munich Beer Hall Puch. The Puch. Which was Hitler's failed speech. coup d'etat to take power back in 1923. So at this speech he's giving and he thought he made reference to this and he basically had you know we're not going to do anything about this anyone else is free to do what they want but they had already told their paramilitary forces what they were going to do yeah and they said the most extreme measures would be employed against the jewish people police were instructed not to interfere firemen only intervene to save non-jewish owned buildings the paramilitary forces wore civilian clothes to promote the fiction that it was a spontaneous public reaction okay, to this assassination. Okay, okay, okay. So Jewish homes, hospitals, schools were ransacked, demolished. Rioters destroyed 267 synagogues throughout Germany, Austria, and the occupied section of Czechoslovakia. Oh, my God. Over 7,000 Jewish businesses were damaged or destroyed. Oh, my God. And 30,000 Jewish men were arrested or arrested and incarcerated in concentration camps. Wow. Homicide reports vary from 91 to 638. At the time when the event happened, Kaiser Wilhelm II, the guy who was leading Germany in World War I, yeah, yeah. They, I guess they asked him about it, and he said, for the first time, I am ashamed to be a German. Oh. So you know that's pretty bad. Yeah. And a lot of Germans were of course, opposed to it, but yeah. didn't do anything about it. Yeah, yeah. You know? The United States, of course, was the only country to recall its ambassador from Germany. Okay. Uh, didn't replace him until 1945, but did nothing to allow greater immigration for German Jews out of Germany. Right, right, Didn't right. change the laws at all. Several nations broke off relations. It's a great shame. I just got to throw in there, because that's... 
you know enough to call your guy back. Yeah. But everybody else. Yeah, they can good suffer. luck to you. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty shitty. Yep. Yeah, we had a pretty shitty policy. Yeah, that's there. pretty shitty. We really did. In the weeks that followed this, the Germans basically. Hey, don't we do that a lot? What's that? That thing where we take our own people back and the rest of y'all can, like. Well, people claim that about the Rwandan genocide, that it was not only us, but that all of the Western powers basically withdrew and, and allowed this happen. genocide to happen. The airlift was from Saigon? Well, that was the Vietnam War. Yeah. I mean, basically, we had already pulled out of the war, and we knew, that no matter what we did, that South we Vietnam walked, was going to fall to the communists. And we got as many people out as... As we could. As we could. Same thing Afghanistan just now. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it's a bad history. Yeah. But there's no good way of leaving a country, you know? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean... There really isn't. Is it a decision that's made in 48 hours? I don't know. I don't know. I don't either, because, you know, I can't decide, you know, if I should wear my clogs or my sneakers. <laughs> so you shouldn't be asking me shit. All right, so go ahead. Anyway, the Nazi government imposed a one billion Deutschmark penalty on the Jewish people. Billion? Yeah, which was the equivalent in 1938 to $400 million. All right, they got it. Basically holding them responsible for the for their pogrom against them and the resulting destruction, and they took possession of 20% of Jewish-owned property. Uh, they also confiscated all the insurance company payments for the destruction. And 10 months after the event, over 115,000 Jews left Germany. Now, let me ask you a question. Who do you think is going to be the Jews when this happens in America? At this point... Could be all the Hispanic immigrants. Yeah. It could be the Muslims. You know, take your pick. Yeah. Take, take your pick. The fascists here are plenty of enemies. Yeah. You know, take your pick. I'm thinking. I'm thinking more on the Spanish than Islamic side. You know, one will do for them as long as they can find a scapegoat. That's, that's well. It's currently currently it's immigration, so up. it's going to be yeah. You know, the Hispanics, all unfortunately. Right. Okay. But that's. All I have on Kristallnacht. I think that's enough. That's More than enough. That's fine. We now move on to what day is it? What day is it? It's the International Day of Pink Pink Yarn. <laughs> no, no, no. Nothing so frivolous and gay. No. Oh, that's too bad. Today is World Freedom Day. Freedom Day. World Freedom Day. Why in the world would this world have a World Freedom Day? I'll tell you why. Why? Tell me why. It was Convince first de- me. It was first declared by President George W. Bush... On November 9th, 2005, to commemorate the fall of the Berlin Wall on November 9th, 1989, and the end of communist rule in Central and Eastern Europe. So that's why they picked November 9th. November 9th is World Freedom Day. Yep. Okay. Well, I thought it would be fun being out of town. I mean, if it's... uh, What? It's a pretentious title. We know that. It was something that they were celebrating at the time. You know, it was a great thing when the Berlin Wall it's an fell. Amazing thing. And the whole Iron Cur- Curtain fell in Europe. It ain't World Freedom Day. Well, that's what I'm going to get into now. I'm going to get into a segment called, Where Are They Now? Oh, where are they now? In the backseat of a car tied up waiting to be sex traffic. That's where they are. Well, we're going to talk about all the different countries that are in the Iron Curtain. And in what the Iron to Curtain. Them since oh, then. for fuck's sake. Are you kidding me? Not You're going to give me a post- Communist, yes, by country quiz, yes, fuck you. Well, it's not a quiz, but I'll tell you what's going on. It's a quiz, Albania. Albania, what's going on in Albania? They have a parliamentary constitutional republic and they are right now a candidate to join the European Union. It sounds like a success, yes, good success. They are Albania, yep, good on you, Albania, bitches. 
Bulgaria, on the Bulgaria other hand, it all sounds so it's, good. it's a parliamentary democracy, but has a history of unstable governments, yeah, and a reputation as the most corrupt country in Oof. Europe. Oof. Right? Still not one of those horrible. That that's. Mm. That's that's not like uh, crimes against humanity as much as it is crimes against E.F. Hutton. <laughs> okay, I'll go with that. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, I don't like it. Okay. But it's not... Go ahead. I'm sorry. The next one is Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia. Which was split into two separate countries. North and South. No. East we, and West. No. Go ahead. It was split into the Czech Republic... And the Czech and Democratic. Slovakia. Oh, so they took the Czech away. It's all there, the Czech Republic on one side and the Slovakia on the other side. And they are both parliamentary republics. Okay. However, Slovakia is known for its discrimination against the Romani people. And who are the Romani people? What we commonly refer to as the Gypsies. The Gypsies. The Romanis. Okay. Yep. There was a great TV show, you know, real life, unscripted, about... Yes. You know, yeah. Oh, uh, that was awesome. Okay, I never watched that. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, see, that's a fucked up. That's yeah. fucked up. Yep. Uh, who's next on that's my like list? That's like looking for somebody to hate. Yeah. East Germany East. is no longer East Germany. became no. unified with West Germany. They are now Germany altogether. Mr. Gorbachev, take down this wall. And that is a healthy federal parliamentary representative democratic republic. Germany. Germany. Germany leads the fucking world in what? Everything? Well, no, but it's I mean, it's one of the major leading countries of Europe now, especially in the European Union, with the United Kingdom dropping out. And it has been pretty much since they, they recovered from World War II, haven't they? They're, they're, they're one of the major economic powers now, you know? At least in Europe, most definitely. The uh, engineering and attention to detail. I drove an Audi once, so I'm pretentious about this German thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I go ahead. Okay. I'm surprised you included in this list. I guess it I guess I didn't think that the Well, East Germany was part of the Iron Curtain, you know? So East, I figured being like the whole of Germany, not just Berlin. Well, Berlin was a was a divided city within East um, Germany, Germany. Yeah. Okay. Was it East Germany, Germany or East Germany, West Germany? Well it was East Germany and West Germany. Okay. That's what they common that's what they commonly called, you know, what was probably like People Republic of Germany, whatever. Uh, next on the list is Hungary. Hungary, Hungary. has what a... What the fuck is going on over there? Well, that's what I'm going to talk about. They're technically a parliamentary democratic republic, but right now it's dominated by a right-wing party. Their, the, the regime is classified as a hybrid regime that is moving towards autocracy. Okay. And it is also right now challenging the authority of the European Union, of oh, which it I... is a member. It is a member. Yeah. Hungary. Yep. EU. Yep. Go ahead. Next on the list is Poland. Poland also is a representative democracy, but it's dominated by a right-wing party that has politicized the courts, weakened press freedoms, and severely limited a woman's right to choose an abortion. It doesn't seem to have much interest in enforcing LGBT rights and does not recognize same-sex marriage. It is also challenging the legal authority of the European Union. Okay. Are they a member? Uh, Yes, they are. Who was that? Poland. Poland. Last on the list is Romania, which had a Demo- has a democratic republic. Which they is all, so they all have a democratic republic. But there's an asterisk next to some well, of them. Yeah, that's the party. Yeah. Democratic republic, but. And with Romania right now, there's a political crisis going on that has like, totally paralyzed the government. Okay. I tried reading about it. Okay. 
I couldn't understand it. It all was right. so confusing. All it's right. just all this political back and forth going on. I couldn't even figure it out. So good luck, Romania. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's the scorecard on all the Iron Curtain countries now. Uh, all right. So it's not terrible. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. So we now move on to our next segment. We have another segment. Yes, go. we're going to take a look into my briefs. Your briefs. What a yes. horrifying, scary sound, scary sound, scary sound. <laughs> like the camera moves in and out and in and out and in and out. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about a transgender boy suing in the state of Tennessee. I support him. He's suing over a recently passed law that bars trans students from playing on the sports teams matching their gender identity. Okay. Luke Eskimo. Now, hold on. This has happened over and over and over again. Yep. And it's going to keep on happening. Over and over and over again. Yeah. Okay, what's this guy? His name is, his name is Luke Esquivel. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. Luke Esquivel. He's a 14-year-old freshman at Farragut High School in Knoxville, Tennessee. That is unfortunate. <clears throat> he wanted to play on the boys' golf team. All right. But the law that Governor Bill Lee signed into law in March prohibited that from happening. It was one of five anti-transgender bills he signed this year. So, hold on, Lee. Okay. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. Okay. But they're going to let... They're gonna let this blow into a thing about this because she was because he was born female, mm -hmm. identifies as male, so they won't let him play on the boys' golf team. Yeah, it ain't a football, basketball, baseball, volleyball, dodgeball situation. It's golf. Yeah, it ain't even tennis. It okay. I'm just gonna sit over here and let you read. The well, rest that's of the, the story funny part because yeah. it's. The, the rationale given for a lot of these laws, because a lot of the laws usually only apply to the girls' sports. Because they don't they like the feel, boys playing. They're feeling that the trans girls are going to have right, an right, unfair right. Advantage, advantage over cisgender girls. Right, okay. But from what I understand, scientists and others are disputing that. Yeah, that shit's crazy. But Tennessee's law applies to both boys and girls' sports. Okay. So how are you going to make the argument? Who are you protecting on the boys' golf team <laughs> from this transgender boy. Who are you protecting? Well, the other boys. What are you protecting them from? This what what unfair advantage is the transgender boy well, that's going to have over <laughs> the regular boys? It, it, I, hate, I don't want to use the word regular, but no, the other boys. The, the, I, I understand you know? being nearly as old as you. I understand what your language means. Okay. <laughs> and, what, and, and where it comes from. Yeah. Okay. That aside, this is completely ridiculous. On the other hand, it is what's good for one is good for the other. What's good for we have to follow through if we're gonna we're gonna have the rule. We have to follow through. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, I. Could you get, could you change the screen to anything else? Yes, I can. Mitch McConnell staring at me with that fucking <laughs> tortoise face. It's grin. enough to give anybody nightmares. For fuck's sake! I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to do something here. So that's the story on that case. So that we'll, I'm sure we'll be hearing more about that in the future. I hope so because you know it's so ridiculous, right? It's just so as if the world depended on somebody's scholarship is going to be affected because this trans boy is going to play golf. Yeah, golf, right? And it's just it's just the absurd. It's absurd. You're not worried absurd about the safety. Word. You're not worried about. Okay, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Let's, gotta, let's protect, move on. Gotta keep those genders you apart. Gotta, you you know? gotta keep the genders apart. Jesus Christ. We now move on to We Like to Watch. Oh. 
What have you watched lately? I watched something. What did I watch? I watched all the Diana stuff. Diana. Oh, the Princess Diana. The Princess Diana's on CNN. There's the musical on TV. There's. Uh, I know it's everything Diana right now. Yeah, here. yeah. Um, I haven't seen the musical yet. What did I? Don't. <laughs> I want to see it just so. It's like, I know you have. You have you, to you, see. You got to. You, you, you want to drive by the accident and take a look. Yeah, you, know? you do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You do. And it's free, so it's legitimate, and and it's worth seeing because damn. Uh, I forget where we were. Oh, well, what did we watch? Yes. What did I watch? Um, I I watch murder mysteries. Okay. Uh, what what? Oh, the end. Well, not is it even the end of Monica Lewinsky? Oh, the uh, American Crime Story. The American Crime Story. Yeah, like it. <laughs> it's good. Okay. It's like she's. There's something distracting to me about Birdie, BB, Baby, Booby. Who? The actress. She's going to play Fanny. Ah! But, uh... uh I can't even name now. Bunny. Booby. Whatever her name is. Feldstein. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. You're sorry. yeah. She is okay. Monica. Okay. And she's... She's really good. Yeah. She's not Monica. Okay. She don't look like Monica. He don't look like Clinton. Um, they got... Uh, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, from The Sopranos, his wife... Uh, the the actress, she played. That's her most famous thing. Okay, she shit ton of stage work all over the place, all over the country. Um, uh, what was her? What was even the character's name? Soprano, Sopranos, the Sopranos, right. the, the, the wife, the wife. Let me look it up. Um, no, it's I'm a name. When a you have to look it up, you know you're going to be upset by this. I know, but I'm drawing a total blank. Uh, um. The Sopranos. The actress was Edie Falco. Edie Falco. My brother actually dated someone in her family. No way. Yeah. Totally highly respected stage actress. Uh, uh, and above the title name. Yeah. Edie Falco as Hillary. Really? I know. Really? That's sort of what I did. Hillary? And I watch it. And I, I don't know if it's because she's Edie Falco playing Hillary. And, and, um, or is it because we're so exposed to Hillary? <sighs> That we know what she is like. She, I, we think it's we know tough because like. I'm, Edie Falco is the ultimate professional. She plays the part. She she. Who's the mate? Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but but I you know I have a hard time getting through all of the the individual casting choices. Okay, is pretty okay. much what I've just. Uh, yeah, I okay. get that. Uh, uh, it's really good. All right, cool. It's really good. Uh, Monica is a very sympathetic figure in it. As in retrospect, Monica is a very sympathetic figure. She should have figure. been a sympathetic figure from the beginning. But Especially from by today's standards. We were uh, so in love with Bill and, and overlooked and, it, let him get away with it. And you know? uh, Linda Chip is like, what's that three-headed dog that guards the gates of hell? Uh, it's called Cerberus, is the name? Okay. Yeah, C-E-R-E... B-U-S Cerberus. I'd name a daughter Cerberus. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. That's like Cerberus' sidekick. Okay. Linda Chip. Okay. That makes sense. You know, and, and, and she has these moments. And and his actress, Ryan Murphy's actress, actress plays plays uh, Linda Trip. Google Webbing. Uh, Sarah. Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson. God, the, you false, she's great. You put false teeth in that woman's head, she could be fucking anybody. She's doing a great job as Mamie Eisenhower on oh. Horror Story. She's a hoot is that? I'm just, I'm just glad she's working because I love her. She, she can do no so wrong. Good. She can do no wrong. Sarah she's Paulson. someone I would like to actually see on stage. 
Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. She's such a good actress. Does she have any stage reputation? I don't know. That's what I know of. I've only known her from television. From te- and yeah. from American Horror Story. Yeah, yeah. That was my first exposure to her. And listen, really. I, I don't know. She's got my respect. I, that woman can act. She was in the last Ryan Murphy thing. She she was the def- the prosecutor against OJ. <laughs> okay. In that first season of American Horror Story. American Crime Story. Crime Story. Okay. What's her name? Anyway... Her reaction when people we when her her reaction when people reacted to the wig, yeah, to the black curly hair. All of a sudden, she had the short, bob, curly, smart curly hair. Yeah, I'm gonna be on TV now, so let me get this. You know, uh, her reaction when people responded and they didn't respond goodly. Okay, not unkindly. Yeah, because they responded to her face, but they responded. Uh, uh, yeah, she's really good. I like her. What's yeah, her name? Is. Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson. Excellent actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything else you want? Lesbian. Lesbian? Yes. Lesbian? Yes, lesbian. Lesbian? Lesbian. That's Lebanese, Blanche. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, no, that's Lebanese, Blanche. Go ahead. That's what I said. Well, I didn't really watch any TV, TV all week or see you movies. You had a tech week. I had tech week. But I did see promos and read about things that are coming up that I want to watch. What did you promo read? I saw the promo for House of Gucci with oh, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. I'm I'm intrigued. I'm not sure if the accents are gonna work and stuff, but we'll see. It's that, Lady Gaga. I love Lady Gaga. I love Lady Gaga. It's a great story. Do you know that she's bullied? What do you mean she's bullied? She was bullied in like college. Oh, I'm not surprised. There was a there was a Facebook page titled Stephanie, whatever her name is. Okay. Will never be a star. And it was just Mean Girls. Yeah. You know, being Mean Girls, unless you're the target of Mean Girls. And in this case, it's not just Mean but Girls. But, like, how invested, how invested do you have to be in somebody else? Somebody else. Well, that you set up a Facebook page. Because creating a, creating a Facebook page is as easy as writing on a blackboard. I know, but but the thing, it's just the whole idea that you took the time. You're in your 20s. You're in college. You're in college. And you're taking the time. Yeah. Because your hatred or animosity towards this With person j- jealousy. is so or jealousy is so strong that you set up a Facebook page. I think I think you may be over, or I'm overestimating. You. Mm. the The fact that it's a Facebook page doesn't surprise me. That's the that's the the coin of the day. I know. It sounds like something you would do in high school. Like that's exactly not when what, you're in your fucking college. That's exactly what it is. But somebody doesn't change from their senior year of high school to their sophomore year. Obviously not. You're not that college. much. You know. You know they don't. They just don't. I know. Um. And it's, you can't expect them to. First of all, what they're thrown into, they're from high school, and now, if they're lucky enough, they're living in this room with some stranger they've never met, going to college, and their mother's not there, and I got this refrigerator, and I don't know where to do my laundry, and they're left off. So, so there's, okay. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. But, but that's what they did. But the fact is, the fact, the point was, the official point was, Stephanie. Yes. Lady Gaga. Yes. Love you, girl. Yep. Bullied. Yeah. Or was bullied. Was bullied. No. You never were bullied. You're bullied. Well, it, yeah. It never goes away. It never goes away. Continue. Okay. Thank you. Sure. The next thing that looks good, it's not. It's nowhere near ready to be released yet. It's being billed as the first gay romantic comedy from a major studio, from Universal Pictures. It's called Bros. A movie? Yeah. It's an all-queer cast. It's being written by and starring Billy Eichner. Are you familiar with Billy Eichner? Yes, the name is very familiar. I don't know if I want to go to a Disney. No, no. He, he had his own like web series kind of thing where he did like Billy on the street. 
Oh, I saw those. Yeah, I'm, fu- I'm funny or die. Yes, that yes, was on yes. Funny or die. Okay, yeah, okay. He's he's great. He's also on uh, American Horror Story. It was the the apocalypse one, and he's stuck oh. at the airport, and the, the girl he was with takes off on the plane, yeah, and he's there like, ah! And um, he finds her afterwards. It's not wrong to associate the word Eichner with the word Disney. I'm, oh well, yeah. I get, well, that was. But Disney, he has no relation to that. No, no relation. Okay. The cast also. It's an all queer cast. It's not a all queer. And it also includes Luke a straight Mc... person in sight. An actor named Luke McFarlane from what about the Brothers and Sisters. Includes Amanda Bierce. Okay. Harvey Firestein. Always. Bowen Yang from Saturday Night Live. You don't know. You don't know him? I don't know. Oh my god, he's funny as shit. Okay. Oh my god. I don't watch Saturday Night Live. Look for him on clips on YouTube. Okay. I haven't funny. watched Saturday Night Live since it was funny. And Drag Race Season 13 with oh. Simone. Simo- Simone's a hoot and a half. Well, she's going to be in this movie. That's awesome. Yeah. And what's it called? Bros. Bros. It's a movie, and who's releasing it? Uh, Universal Pictures. Universal. That's a big company. Damn right. Right? And this is the first it's gay romantic comedy. The first comedy. gay romantic comedy from a major studio. From a major studio.com. Go fuck yourself. Okay. Yeah. All right. What year is it? It's 2021. 2021. Uh, this will probably come out sometime next year. In 2022. Yeah, oh, that's another way to look at it. I okay. was thinking of uh, the human advancement in 2021 years. Yeah, continue. Okay. I'm, I'm, I've had a, a couple of drinks. That's okay. You're entitled. Uh, do you remember the TV show Queer as Folk? I do. Ran on Showtime for every year. I do. I watched them all. I, was, I, love, I love that show. You're a little perp. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they were all hot. Yes, they were. Well, yeah, for the most part, they, yeah. They, uh, you know, I love Gail Harold. They were show. All, yeah, he was beautiful. Yeah, yes, um, he was perfectly cast because he's not impossibly beautiful. But you could see a guy like that with that level of beauty being as pompous and as arrogant as he was. Yes, yeah, he he portrayed the character. He was great. You know? He was great. And the guy who ostensibly the show was focused around Michael. Michael yeah, he was really good. Yes, he was very good. Everyone was very good in the show. The little blonde kid was adorable. Yes, he was. Um, Yeah, so it had everything going for it. Well, they are rebooting the series. Uh Uh-oh. And it's now going to take place in New Orleans, which I think is a great choice. Yeah, it's festive and and colorful and Uh, The cast, it's all mostly a cast of up-and-comers, very diverse racially and everything. Is this a movie or a series? It's going to be a series, it looks like. It's going to be on the Peacock Network. So it's possible that the little blonde boy turns out to be a little Puerto Rican boy. Well, that's what, it's going to be a total reboot. We won't have anything yeah. to do with the previous series. So it's not going to... But the relationships are going to be the same. The people are the same. The I don't know. I think, it's gonna be whole, I think it's going to be all different storylines. Uh, but two of the people who are on the show, this guy named Ryan O'Connell was on it. He starred on a Netflix show called Special, okay. which was about a gay man with cerebral palsy. Yes. Really, really good a show. A couple of episodes of that. He's going to be on the show. He's also a writer on it and a co-producer. Good for him. And just, I think... Is recent, he disabled? I believe he has a mild form of CP. Okay. And I guess recently... Hold on. Sorry, going back. What? Uh, not the Sopranos, the thing with the meth. The thing with the meth. The TV show with... Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Okay. The son on Breaking Bad. His son. Walter White's son. The boy White. Okay. I didn't watch the show. Oh, okay. Walter Jr. I think he had cerebral palsy. I don't know. I didn't watch the show. He was hot. I'm one of the few people in America who did not watch Breaking Bad. Oh, that's so unfortunate for you. I feel bad. I also didn't watch Game of Thrones. And there, yeah, I also feel bad. See, because there are some things that, you know, everybody watches and you think... I that, know. Okay, these two are not those things. Yeah, you I know don't... what I think is those things? The South Korean thing where you, you play tick, 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 Oh, the tick, squid tick, game? Tick, I haven't watched that tick, either. Tick, tick, I don't like the premise of that. 
I'm just not interested. It's I'm like, uh, it's I, a game where everyone's, the game is to kill each other. Yeah. Well, you, you play the game. More... I don't know if you kill each other. I think you play the game, and if you lose the game, Well, yeah, yeah, they, they lose. Yeah, they got to play all these games, these children games. Right. They get right. eliminated. They don't kill each other. I'm sorry. I mischaracterized But they it. do get killed. But it's the same premise. Everyone dies. Yeah. I need something a little bit more fulfilling than that. Uh, I, Even if it's a it cheesy is. horror movie, no. give me something like that instead of this. I know? would rather sit in front of eight seasons of Breaking Bad. It was brilliant. The writing, the photography, the performances. That. Everyone tells me it that. It was epic. It was Shakespearean. It was and I just meta. I couldn't get into it. Oh, God. I couldn't get into it. That, it may be a slow boil. But then again, I like Twin Peaks. I watched Twin mm. Peaks The Return, and I know some people really hated the third season of Twin Peaks. Okay, so what's next in our list? <laughs> what is next? We now move on to our next segment. A whole new segment. Yes. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Is the number of segments set? No. No? How many more segments are there? After this segment? Including this segment. Well, this is the third to last segment. Third I guess. to last. I guess. Or, okay, so we're at the, like, the last chorus number in Act 2. We have three more segments. Let's put it that way. we way. have the... the this the, is number one of the three. One of three. All right, so I know where I am. We're now moving on to celebrities saying stupid, stupid things. things. I could have easily picked Aaron Rodgers, but oh. you know what? No, it's too easy. Low it's been done to death already. I want to talk about someone more recent, because this happened this week on an interview. There's this right-wing radio show host named Dennis Prager. I don't know if you've ever heard of him or not. The name rings a bell, uh, but... Years ago, he used, years ago, he used to have a show, I think, on MSNBC or CNBC with Phil Donahue. Okay. You're they awesome. were like dueling pundits or whatever on the show, but okay. he's a radio show host now. And he's being interviewed by Newsmax. You've okay. heard of Newsmax, I have right? Heard of Newsmax. You know, they make Fox News look liberal. I have heard of Newsmax. During the interview, they're talking about Joe, President Joe Biden's vaccination mandates. Okay. And he said that these vac he said that these mandates were making unvaccinated Americans, quote unquote, the pariahs of America I have not seen in my lifetime. It gets worse. No, it can't possibly get worse. Yes, it does. How old is this person? He's never mind. He's it, not 21. No. Stop it. It gets worse. No. Yes. Go ahead. He continued to say, during the AIDS crisis, oh can you God. imagine if gay men and intravenous drug users, who were the vast majority of the people with AIDS, had they been pariahs the way the non-vaccinated are? Stop it. But it would have been inconceivable, and it should have been inconceivable. Okay. That's what he said. For Okay. I know. I know. I know. What if gay men with AIDS in 1980s five were pariahs? There was a there was a there was a newspaper. I'm gonna take. Hold on. No, no. You don't get any lines here. Okay. Diseased pariah news in the 90s, geared for AIDS patients. Yep. Par I that is it offends me. It should offend you. It offends me it greatly. It should offend you. It offended me. It offends me greatly. I don't know whether or not... Uh, I, well, no, let me rephrase that. I know for sure it don't matter. Well, let's just look at the logic of it. I mean... But it seems like such a stupid thing to say. I mean, number one, HIV is not transmissible through the air or casual physical contact. It's only spread through the sharing of blood or bodily fluids. Uh, yeah, we gotta get pretty close. People who refuse to get the COVID vaccine... I mean, so, I'm sorry, unlike people who refuse the vaccine... People infected with HIV are not an infection risk to other people simply by breathing the same air. I don't think the people in Kenya who are tuning in, who have downloaded 
grumpy old gay man and their dogs. Did I say it right? Yep. Did I say it all? Yes, you did. I don't think that those people need to be convinced how horrible this of is. Of course, they know. They know. But, oh, well, here in America, where we have the memory that lasts maybe 30 seconds. Yeah, but that's... They that, need to be reminded. That's not our listeners. Because, you know what? Because the people refusing the vaccine right now, they haven't been subjected to violence or ridicule no. or bigotry no. or any kind of hate or driven away from their homes. They have been told no shoot, no service, no shoes, no shirt, no vaccine, yeah, no They're service. just being told get vaccinated against a contagious disease. You can't come in here unless you're vaccinated. You don't have to come in here and you don't have... But if you want to come in here, you have to be vaccinated. Well, just in case some people want to know a little bit of the history. I'm okay with that. Just so you know. This is from, uh, this was a story in the papers back then. But I'll take any vaccine. In November of 1986, they had hearings concerning violence against gay people. Give me the year again. This is November 1986. In New York City. Not looking good. There had been, in the first nine months of 1986, 351 incidents ranging from verbal attacks to assaults to homicides. Gay bashing? 351 against gay men. Compared to 167 such attacks in 1985. Yeah, that's the way it was. And do we even need to mention Ryan White? No, no. Well, who was basically driven from his own community? Uh, couldn't his family had to move? I don't know how many goddamn times. How old was he when this happened? Four, he was 14 years old when the news broke, and when when he was driven from his home, yep. he died at 14. That was four. No, he was 14. He was diagnosed in 1984, and he died in. I forget what year we died. I don't remember. Our researcher sucks. <laughs> he just doesn't anticipate what the question No, I don't know what goddamn questions you're going to ask me. Of course you don't. How could you? I can't. Without a script in advance. And I'm not telling you you should send me a he script. He died in 1990. Because I ain't reading nine pages. 1990. So the kid wasn't 20. No. What was he? He was... 71 to 90, he was 19. 71 to 90, dead. And they drove him from his home because... You know, you're lucky 18, he didn't reach 19 yet. Because he maybe was infected by a dentist, or he wasn't... He was infected due to a blood transfusion. A blood blood transfusion, okay. But of course, you know what that led to is then, he was using an example of the innocent AIDS victims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a further division. Yeah. But anyway, this Dennis Prager, he was raised Jewish. Dennis Prager raised Jewish. In 1990, he wrote an essay called... Judaism, homosexuality, and civilization. And how'd that go? That argued against normalizing homosexuality in the Jewish community. Okay. And to placing sexual sins on a spectrum, he argued that confining sex to heterosexual marriage desexualized religion. Hold on. I Hold on. Yeah. So, so straight people <coughs> took mm-hmm. the sex out of religion. Yeah, I know. It's like, what? Okay. And now moving on to five phase. Five phase. Oh God, you sent me this fucking text. Today's topic is our five favorite nonfiction books. Well, let's hear what your five favorites. What's your number? What's your first choice? Okay, can we go no particular order? Like no particular like, order. Like, yeah. Don't hold me I can't put. Me. I couldn't put mine in a hierarchical order. You know. You said it to me before, and I in my head I said Patrick leave my head. It was the Fosse biography. Yep. And I can't remember, I can't remember the name of it or who wrote it. The author is Sam Wasson. So, so not female. And what's the name of the book? Fosse. Okay, so I was right. Which I've read also. It's not on my list, but I've read that also. It's a great biography. It's a good book. It really is. If you were to, if you, you could write that as fiction. That's how good that. Well, when you look at the miniseries, Verdon Fosse. Oh, uh, don't even did, say, you didn't, you didn't put that on the list I as know, a possibility. But a lot of that. 
it, it, that was based on, on the this book. book. It was based on this absolutely. book. Absolutely. And they did a fantastic job on uh, that. They absolutely. Oh, who, my God. Who, did Ryan Murphy have anything to do yes, with that? Yes, he did. I'm just wondering. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so when I was 12 or 13, uh -huh. I lived in Mineola. Okay. All right. And there was this little downtown area of Mineola, and there was this movie theater, and I didn't live anywhere near it. I had to, and of course, I had to walk there. Uh, but they had this uh, 89 cent movie theater, 79 cent movie. Yeah, exactly. And I went to see a couple of movies, and a couple of them, my mother was like, Are you sure you want to go see this? One of them was Kramer versus Kramer. And it was about a divorce, about a divorce. And of course, I was like, my family was the first family in America right. to have a divorce. Uh, so, and, and I went to see all that jazz for 89 cents. And all I remember is the heart attack scene. Yes. As a dancer, at the time I was started training and uh, there were two people. He's one of them. Okay. He's, he created a style. He created yeah. a, 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 a visual effect that hitherto for. When you say to a dancer, Fosse, they know what you're looking for. You know, there's a distinctive style. They all can't do it. No, they can't. Uh, no, they can't. But it, yeah. So Fosse. That book. I love that book. book. I love that I man. That also. I remember where I was when he died. Uh, you, we could do a whole episode on me. I'm sure you could. could. Keep going. Let's not waste the time. I'll, I'll give you my first choice. It's by the earliest of the books that I read. Actually, it's the first of them on this list. And it's in, it was printed in 1968. Of course it was. It's called The Electric Kool-Aid Acid As, Test yeah. by Tom Wolfe. Have you ever read it? No. I like Tom Wolfe, though. He's a sassy I'm mixed. mixed. Yeah, well, yeah, he is a little bit of a... He's a little full of himself. He's I think. sassy. Or was. I'm not sure if he's still alive. I don't know either. I didn't like his novel, Bonfire of the Vanities. Didn't care for that. Oh, I like that. No. I like the men in the white suit, too. Um, I just... It just didn't but this book... He's wordy. Well, yeah, because he's writing in what they call the new journalism style. He tries to give you as full, as full a picture of what he's yeah. writing about. And that's what he does in this book, The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test. All right. But you liked it. It's a great book. Yeah, it's it's a story of Ken Kesey, who's the author of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Okay. He's a big fan of LSD. Okay. So he had his bunch of hippie friends who were called the Merry Pranksters. All right. And they would have these big acid parties, which they called acid tests. Oh. And they'd have these big, you know, they had like the psychedelic lights and the music and right. these big events going on. And the book, Covers a lot of that. It covers, they got, they basically drive a bus across the country. They named the bus called Further. The bus is driven by Neil Cassidy. Neil Cassidy is the inspiration for Dean Moriarty, the character in On the Road, written by Judd Kerouac. Okay, so this, this is, yeah, it ties in roots. with the beat generation. Yeah, yeah, it really does. And they drive across country. They try to meet Timothy Leary, but aren't successful. And it tells about Kesey's later arrest for marijuana, and he escapes to Mexico. And eventually he comes back. But the way Wolf immerses you in the, especially in the acid party scenes, yeah. you, you feel like you're there. Good that to me is a great writer. All right. I like it. So that was my first choice. Okay. What's your next choice? Uh, Dancing with Demons. I've heard of the title, but I'm not familiar with it. Jerome Robbins. Okay. Okay. Who wrote you? Do you know who wrote that one? Uh, I don't, but it's called Dancing with Demons. Let's see if we can find out in case any of our listeners want to look for it. Just, again, another life. Dancing with Demons. Dancing with Demons. No, it's that's obviously the title for a lot of books. Yeah, so well, let me uh, put probably in... every male dancer in America or in Russia and France. Jerome Robbins. 
Dance with Here Demons. Here we go. Dan- it's called Dance with Demons. Dance the with life Demons. The of Life of Jerome, Jerome Robbins. Robbins. That's it. I recognize that book. Uh, who is yeah, the who author? wrote it? Who wrote it? Greg Lawrence yeah. is the author. Okay, good job, Greg. Okay. Um, he was a dick. Yeah, I read that. I read the book oh. Hollywood Babylon, which I almost put on his list. All right, so and a yeah. whole chapter about Jerome Robbins yeah. and what a total dick he was. Yeah, horrible man. Horrible. Horrible man. Horrible. Not to mention his cooperation with the, with the McCarthy, uh, the House he, uh, yeah. on American Activities and Committee, and endless amounts of like he walks into the rehearsal for his first rehearsal for. Uh, funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Mm-hmm. Zero Mistel when I forget. Okay. So uh, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum was out of town and not doing well. And that was before they had the, the, oh, that, the opening number that we The opening today. number, we need a number. Somebody's got to commit. Yeah. Steve, you got to write a number. We got to have this number. Jerome Robbins could come in. Now, Zero Mistel is the lead in the show. Mm-hmm. Zero Mistel was named at the McCarthy Yes, he okay. was. I yep. don't think I don't know that he was named by Jerome Robbins. I don't know if he was or not either. But I don't he know spent, all the history. He but spent, he was blacklisted. And he was blacklisted and he spent a lot of his life, a lot of his professional his his thenceforth some yeah. uh, professional life uh working with Jerome Robbins. Yeah. And when he walked in, he uh, Jerome Robbins friend, we have to have this new opening number. Jerry's gonna come in, Jerry's this new current genius. He's gonna come in, he's gonna choreograph it. And he walks onto the stage, the cast is assembled, and he walks on the stage and Zero Mistel says, Hey you loose lips. So um oh, no. you know, his life leads you oh, to no. moments like that. Yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal. <laughs> It's the, the 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 note session he was doing with Fiddler, I think it was Fiddler because B. Arthur tells the story. Okay. And he's giving notes. He's giving notes, and as he's giving notes, the cast is assembled. And as he's giving notes, he's walking backwards downstage. So his back is to the audience, and he's walking toward the audience oh, as no. the group and is assembled. Goes, and if he falls off the stage, and none of those people said anything, told him to stop. I think I read that story yeah. in Broadway Babylon. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, that's. Uh, but it leads to great stories. Uh, right. <laughs> great, great fucking stories. The meanest man of Broadway <laughs> history. Next on my list is a book that it's called Cosmic Trigger. Uh, you're fucked up. <laughs> it was written in 1977 by a man named Robert Anton Wilson. I was 10. Okay, I was 60, I was 15. Okay. But I read it sometime in the 80s. He wrote a book that was on my favorite fiction book list. Oh, uh, I don't the, remember. The Illuminatus Trilogy. Yeah, I wouldn't remember that. Well, he basically, this is like a memoir. Okay. But it's also his philosophy towards life. Okay. And which is basically that reality is mutable, changeable, and subjective. Okay. And he goes on this whole spiritual I don't want to call it spiritual journey, but that's what it really is. I hate it. Looking through but no, he goes through like different esoterica, like new age stuff, Alistair Crowley. He explores all these different aspects and stuff. Who's this guy? His name is Robert Anton Wilson. And who is he? He, some was, guy wrote a book. he started as an author. He actually started writing for Playboy magazine. All right. Uh, but then he his his big claim to fame was the Illuminatus trilogy. Okay. But then he wrote a whole series of nonfiction books afterwards. But this one is called Cosmic True. It's basically it's a it's a philosophical memoir. It's actually the first of three volumes. He has two other volumes with it. So he he cre- he it actually he, changed my perspective on how to view life. Okay. It, that's In exactly what way? The, book. the way things he talks about, he discusses Timothy Leary's theory of the eight brain circuits. 
He talks about, he also believes in, the, there's this um, formula called SMILE. It's space migration plus intelligent enhancement plus life extension. He, that, that's basically this formula he adopted from Timothy Leary All right. about what the future of mankind is going to need in order for us to survive. He believes that we're going to be out in space, that we need to find, that even now, our lives, we live much longer lives now than we did 100 years ago. Of course. So this is what he talks about. I should have been dead 20 years ago. Right? But he, like you said, I, it's hard to describe, it's hard to do justice in a description of what he writes about. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. But I would suggest if you wanted to start with anything, if you didn't, didn't read Illuminati's trilogy, definitely read Cosmic Trigger. It's a, a great book. Right. It really is. All right. Never heard of it. Your next choice. Okay. Original Story by Arthur Lawrence. Okay. All right. A great book. He's catty. He knows everybody. Yeah. He was everywhere. He wrote everything. Okay. Okay. My favorite story about the book is I'm living in South Carolina when I got the book. So I'm reading the book and I have at the time, well, who is now my ex, said to me, what the hell is the name of that book? I said, it's Original Story by Arthur Lawrence. Yeah. And he thought that Original Story was like the credit, which is the joke that he, Arthur Lawrence used. Yeah. Yes. Where he took okay. a totally at face value and was like, there's no title for the book, but there's only who wrote it on the cover. Like, it should have been Honey in Hell, Original Story by Arthur Lawrence. Yeah. But Honey or Hell didn't exist. So what the fuck is the name of that book? Oh, my God. So that's my favorite story. But that book... Yeah, he knew everybody, he wrote everything, he tells everything. He's catty and wonderful and cranky and old and crotchety and everything I aspire what to. What ask for in a, in a book? And, <laughs> and he can write. Uh, that's the important thing. He, he wrote, wrote stories. He wrote, he wrote uh, good stories for, for musicals. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. So uh, he's part of the epic trio, the Bernstein, Lawrence, Robbins trio of West Side Story. Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, off launch Gypsy. Yeah, he had a he, he wrote, he wrote great stories about Gypsy too. I don't care what you call it, honey. Yeah, he says, well, you know, what kind of what stories should I tell? There are so so many stories of your life. He says to Gypsy Rose Lee, she says, ah, there are so many stories. I don't know what's true. Just write, write whatever you want. You know, be as good as the so like <laughs> he he the West Side Story. West Side Story done. <laughs> okay. You can. You don't have to do anything else. That's okay. That was brilliant. Okay, good. Right. Good. What's next? What's my yours? next choice is actually in the musical department, like okay. yours, like all of mine. Everything was possible. The birth of the musical follies by Ted Chapin. It's a good book. It's a fantastic book. I'm biased because Follies is my favorite Your musical. musical. Yeah, my yeah, favorite yeah, musical. Yeah, 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 I yeah. can't say enough good things about it. I agree. I wish. I had the balls to be in that musical, so yeah. I would love to do it. I'm the right age now. Actually, I'm a little older. You're a little older? <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I don't know that the oxygen tank is going to fit in the <laughs> Fuck off. But, okay. But uh, Ted Chapin, who's now, I think, involved in the Hammerstein organization, he's involved in he one of them He used to be Ted Chapin. Yeah, but he, uh, he ran Riders and Hammerstein organization, yes. which was then bought by another company. He went and does what he does now, okay. which is advocate for really high school and non-professional uh, teaching theater. Oh, okay. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah, he's a big. He like like if there's a high school in Ohio objecting over some show because of you know some theme, yeah. he's gonna come down and defend it. Like he's he's oh, wow. the man. Ted Chapin is. He at the time. 
uh, what you're talking about was when he wrote the book. Well, he, he was, was an intern. He was running around as an amateur. He got he was introduced to Follies and was exposed to Follies. Continue. Well, yes, and he became an intern on the production of Follies. Right. He convinced. I know the story because I know the book. Okay. He con- he went to the University of Connecticut. Right. Which is sort of going to, like, hairstyle you. Yes. Okay? And he convinced them that they should let him, as a as a course, as a semester, intern yes, I forgot on this, this show. Yeah, I forgot that part. And keep a record and, and submit the had, record. He had all these notes. And him. eventually he published the record, and it's an amazing It's an amazing... Just, even if you don't know the musical, it's an amazing book about how Backstage a musical... Broadway came together. It's backstage Broadway yeah. from the ground up. Yeah, you're from, yeah, from the very beginning, from the auditions yeah. onward to the very opening night. Through the eyes of the guy who went to get the coffee. Yeah, and it is. it's an amazing fucking book. And it deals with all of these names. What was her name? She was on the cover of Life magazine in The Kick. And the oh, red dress. Well, there's so, there were so many great Lucy people. Just, uh, the, uh, Yvonne DiCarlo was in Yvonne DiCarlo. Ethel Shutter. They all uh, had their little Oh, my God. So great people in it. Yeah. But the four of them on top. Oh, who was in the cast? Was, I, she, she was on the cover of Life magazine in the red dress in a cake. I know you're talking about Celine. I can't think of her name. I'm totally blanking right now. Hold um, on. Hold on. Who the fuck were they? Yeah. I should have my gay car taken away. I know you and me both. I should know. This, this. is horrific. I should know this. 68. Here we go. 71 original Broadway. Original Broadway cast. Um, Phyllis, jo- Phyllis. Alexis Smith. Alexis Smith. She's the one in the red Alexis dress. Smith on the red dress cover. It was Alexis Smith, John McMartin. John McMartin. Dorothy Collins. Dorothy Collins. And Gene Nelson. Gene Nelson. Yep. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, it's a great book. It's a great book. It's Highly great, recommended. Book. If you yeah. like Broadway, if you like show business, backstage stories, this is a great That's a great one. Backstage story. Yep. What's your fourth choice, Thomas? Uh, my fourth. God, we're only up to four. This is taking forever. <laughs> there was a book that a friend, Anthony Clark, sent to me out of the blue. Okay. A package appeared. Okay. Okay. And it was this wonderful book called Something Wonderful. Okay. Biography, basically, Rodgers and Hammerstein. Uh, their partnership. And it was such a good, satisfying. I enjoyed it entirely. I don't know who wrote it. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to find the author. Kudos to you. Uh, uh, no, it's a novel. Something no, wonderful. Everything wonderful. Wonderful everything. The song from the show. Something wonderful. And, oh, from uh, King and I. The, something wonderful. Yeah, something wonderful is the name of the book. And it's, like I said, a biography of the team. Really nice. So, yeah, that's my fourth choice. That's your fourth choice. I'm done. Well, we still have number five. Yeah. I know, I know, I know, but I'm done about that choice. Okay. There's no great debate in two and two. My fourth choice is a biography. Of who? Well, it was a hard choice to make. Because I had a number of biographies I was considering. I have a great biography about William Burroughs. Another great one about Humphrey Bogart. Okay. There's the Keith Richards autobiography that just came out. Oh, God, that's got to be good. Uh, that's really good also. But the one I listed is Clarence Darrow by John C. Farrell. Okay. About the famous attorney. It's really amazing book. I learned things about Clarence Darrow I never knew before. Of much of a, he was really a considered a free spirit of the time. Yeah, yeah. Just reading about how they did trials back then, he would do, not only him, but the other attorneys, would be before a jury eight, ten hours at a time uh-huh. talking. Eight to ten hours. Can you imagine that? We got shit to do, bitches. Not back then. They kept talking. Well, that's what I'm saying. We got shit to do. Say what you got to say so we can send these people home. Yeah. No, not back then. Not back then. They went on orations. 
But really, a very fascinating life. Uh, the trial. What was it did. called? Clarence Darrow. I have a I have a paperback copy of a Clarence Darrow biography, I at which which I was led into from Inherit the Wind. Okay. Uh, in eighth grade, we read the book. Uh, we we read the play, and I was assigned to play the Clarence Darrow part. Okay. That changed everything. Oh, did it look like this? No. No. Attorney for the Damned. No, but this I would buy just by the title. It's a it's a it's a, it's a great biography. It really is. Yeah. I highly recommend uh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody, he looks like everybody's grandpa, but he was like this badass rebel bitch in the legal system. Yeah. He really was. I, I, I like that. He's an amazing guy. I like that. What is your fifth and final choice, Thomas? It's the book I'm currently reading, and there may be reasons about this uh, landing in the list at all. It's uh, a, a Paradise Found, Paradise, A Paradise Time, Paradise, Barack Obama. Oh, okay, his book. This is the... F- the, he was he was asked to write a memoir and some in this amount of time and it took this amount of time and oh yeah it's going to be two volumes a promised land is what it or a promised land. Let's find out for uh, sure. We don't words. want to mislead anybody. Uh, by Barack Obama, that's oh uh, we have face. dreams from my father. We no, have no, no, no. go back to the first one. That one. Dreams from my father. No, the first one. That's not the first one. It's the second one. That one. A Promised Land. A Promised Land. Oh, okay. yeah. I am, I am like six or eight chapters in. Okay. I've had the book for a year and a half. Um, <laughs> I have a James Joyce biography that I'm, I've had for a year and a half. That yeah. I finished. yeah. Yeah. You know what the problem is? I'm paying attention to this book and it's tiring. It's exhausting. Because, yeah. I'm, a, because I'm a lazy fuck. But also because his voice, there are, there are very few unnecessary words. And he's a professor. He's wordy. He's like you. <laughs> but he's he's an expert. He the language is okay. just uh and it's good to hear his voice. It's it's good to have to, to hear his voice in my head. Um he's not in the where I am in the progression. I he's just one Ohio or Iowa. Okay. What's, what's the first one? I don't remember. I'm a couple of chapters past that. So it's weird. But uh his voice translates onto the page. That's good. And it's good to hear his... I hear his voice in my head. Okay. Which, for most books, I don't always hear, don't always hear another that. voice in my yeah. head. Yeah. Uh, certainly with novels. You know, unknown... Any of the books I've mentioned, I, you know, uh, I hear his voice in my head, which is nice. It's it's nice to hear. It's a very reassuring presence. Oh, cool. I think him. Good choice. How's that for a sentence? I think him. I think him. I think... I think him. <laughs> I think him! Oh, my God, that hurt. All right, go ahead. What's next? My fifth choice. Your fifth choice. It's an author who, he actually, there's a number of books he's written. I almost chose another book that he wrote, but I chose this one. It's called The Devil in the White City by like Eric Larson. Eric Larson? He also wrote a book called In the Garden of Beasts. Don't know it. It's the story of the U.S. ambassador in Germany from like 1933 to 37. We spent a lot of time on Germany. I know, right? It comes up a lot today. Yeah, skip ahead. But he wrote this book called The Devil in the White City. It's a story of the 1893 World's Fair Exposition in Chicago. Okay. Is that the one in Mimi in St. Louis? No. No, that's a whole different one. Yeah, because that World's Fair was in St. Louis. Because that's in St. Louis. This one's in Chicago. Okay. And it tells the whole story of how it was built and everything. It immerses you in this World's Fair. Okay. I I wish I had been able to see this World's Fair. That's how good a description it is. It also tells the story of a serial killer at the World's Fair. Oh, I love this. Yeah. 
His name is H. H. Holmes. Oh, I know. <laughs> and his house. Yes. The craziness. Yes. I know all about H. H. Right. I know all about H. H. Famous serial Crazy. killer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was scary. Because he yeah. had that boarding house set up during this world's fair. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, made a killing, right? <laughs> So that's what this book's about. It's yeah. both it, stories. If you have an interest in serial killers, <laughs> and some people who have been through therapy still do. Mm -hmm. I mean, okay. I find them fascinating. Uh, I read all about them. H.H. Uh, Holmes has come across my radar. I've seen every documentary on your Netflix. And your, I've uh, seen them too, okay. yeah. Okay. So what he he had this this house, this building. There was a board. He made it into a boarding in Chicago. house. Right. And, yeah. right. He, 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 he redesigned the inside, but what he did was he redesigned the inside so that it was inexplicable. If you were in the center of it, there was no way to figure out how to get out. It was a house of horrors, really. What, well, that's what he turned it into, but one door, you would go through one door, and you wouldn't be in a hallway, you'd be in another room. Yeah. And then there's another hallway over here, and this door I opened, and at least and to things are uneven. And, and, yeah, everything, it was, it was, he designed it to be, and... So much thought was put into it that he had different architects and different design companies and different construction companies work on that. Yeah, so, they so didn't know nobody the, knew what he was building. What the whole house yep, was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he killed he was people. He very smart it. man. He killed people in it. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. Quite a, a lot. Couple. Uh, Chicago World's Fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, a great book. Yeah. If you ever get a chance, you should definitely read it. Yeah, what's it called? The Devil in the White City. The Devil in the White City. Yep. Since when is Chicago called the White City? I don't know. Yeah, Have you was, ever heard that before? No, I had not before I read the book. All right. And I, don't, I, don't I don't remember the basis for it. All right. That concludes our segment of five faves. We now move on to the grumpy old gay man gripe of the week. I struggle with this. I don't, the one I have, I struggled actually with this one. What was it? I struggled mentioning it because I don't want to sound like I'm being sour grapes or anything. All right, all right. People who go to see the show as if they're a critic for the times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I know who you're talking about. Okay. I know hundreds of them. I just directed a show, as you've already heard, and we had opening night and everything. And I, being I'm a director, I want to hear people's feedback. All of it, you know? I want to hear what was good about the play, what was bad about the play. But I don't necessarily need to hear about it at intermission on opening night. Oh, no. Anybody who does that is just tacky. Well, that's sort of what happened. Uh-oh. Now, this person, well, what about this? And what about that? Who was what it? about, I don't want to say. Do I know? Yes, you do. Oh, oh I love Yes, it. it's someone we know. Okay. I don't want to say who. Oh, uh, you don't have to. And I can't say this is the only person I know like this. <coughs> I know a story of two colleagues in the theater community who would go to the theater together and basically would become the equivalent of... Stadler and Stadler Waldorf, and Waldorf yeah. from the Muppets. Yeah, but not as Who would be talking during the show yeah. and laughing at their own little jokes or whatever. But this is just one person I'm dealing with at intermission. At intermission. That's tacky. Answer one or two questions. And then he's, I forget what he said. I just thought to myself, I just said, watch the rest of the show. Uh, come on. Wait a lot too. How are you going to judge a show without waiting, watching that too? Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah. And then after the show, because the show, it's sort of like a Twilight Zone episode. Okay. So it kind of there's like an open question as to what happens at the end. So he and a couple of my other friends were discussing it, and I came outside, and I expressed my opinion. And of course, he's, oh, no, that wasn't it. Really? And it's like, that's the whole point of the show. Okay. It's to make you think. There is not necessarily a right answer to this. Right. You know? It's to make you think. Well, those cliffhanger things are tough for people. Yeah. Most conventional movie uh, theater goers... They want a, a clean, conventional play. A nice clean ending. They want a clean, nice, clean ending. Yeah, doubt was like that. 
Yeah. The house light was come on. I let people argue. Right away. Right? The house lights come up after curtain call, and people turn to each other and say, did he do it? Amazing. I know. I know. It is amazing. Just completely amazing to be able yeah, to. Yeah, people to, don't to, like to do having open ended They don't like need a closure. They don't like it. And you got to agree with me. And I'm sorry, but theater's not meant to do that. It's not just there to tell you a story. It's meant to provoke thought. Yes. You well, know? Yes. Going back 2,000 years, it was the only option. And yes, you're right. That's what it's meant to do. Have you seen Aladdin on Broadway? No. Okay. <laughs> me, though. Okay. All right. What's next? Oh, uh, we now come to the finale. Wait, you don't have a grumpy gripe of the week? Oh, oh, of course I do. Uh, I'm torn. I'm torn between would of and should of. Okay. Like writing the word should and then leaving a space and then writing the word of in order to write out should of. No, no, but that's not how you do it. You no. don't write should of. No, and it of has it's nothing to should do with should of apostrophe with a V-E. V-E, right? And it means should have. Should have. Yes. Of. Has nothing to do. No, it's the, with this. It's what people are hearing it's on their ear. Of, yeah, but it's not right. No, it's wrong. It annoys the fuck out of me. I see it all the time. <laughs> are you serious? Should have and would have. Should have, would have, could have. Wow. With an O F, as though it's are these like, adults? Oh yeah, that's even sadder. Oh though. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's even sadder. Yeah. Now I'm not a grammar Nazi. If I was, oh, yeah, I wouldn't have know? said grammar. I would have said grammar. I'm not a grammar Nazi. But there are just some things. Of has nothing to do with that. No. You're leaving out the other half of the word. Do you understand what a contraction is and where your mistake is and show your work? Fuck you, should have and would have. Yeah. I I should have, would have, could have. I hate that. I, it affects me like no other fault in grammar does. Okay. We now move on to the ending of our show. God. We'd like to thank our people, producers. The end is nigh, people. All 485 of you, you can go to Ben in a second. <laughs> Our episodes are available on Spotify, Love it. Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Love it. iTunes, iTunes, Amazon Music, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Google. and many other podcast providers. I threw my lot in with Google. We have a website, uh, www.grumpyoldgamemandandtheirdogs.com. Email me at the website. <laughs> it's um, No, we don't have an email address for you yet. We're working on it still. It's Patrick at Grumpy Old Game. And but we also working. have a Facebook page, and we're on Twitter. And we would love to hear from you. Post a comment. Post a review. Somebody say something, just please. Re- just something else besides, hi, how you Somebody, doing? Please. We're not a chat site. Michelle, just give me a hi. Just say, hey, yo, bitch. Yeah. Just give me, just, just, somebody write something. Yes. Somebody. A comment. Good or bad. Just. Do you want to know if we're doing the right thing here? Give you know? me an emoji. Yeah. I, uh, old Egypt, my ass. Just give me a list of fucking pointless emojis. Just anything. Just say something. A comma. Right? Send me a comma. I would like a comma. That's the end of the show, we Thomas. Done? We are done for the week. Oh, shit, I still got more. We mind. will be back here next week with a new episode. Until then, have a great week. Have a great life. And good night. Bye, bitches. Bye, bitches.